Hi everyone, welcome back to this special podcast and today on Cup of Tea with Rick G, we're talking about property negotiations and we're covering investors and buyers and how you can sell your deals really on how you can maximise on your returns. And negotiations are something that we perhaps do all the time and very often don't really realise that we are negotiating when we're actually doing it. So the definition of a negotiation is a dialogue between two or more people or more parties intended to reach a beneficial outcome over one or more issues where a conflict exists with respect to at least one of these issues. This beneficial outcome can be for all of the parties involved or just for one or some of them. And that's come from Wikipedia. That's the definition of a negotiator. So what types of negotiations are there? Well, first of all, there's procurement. And procurement is the process of finding, agreeing terms and acquiring goods or services or works from an external source, often via a tendering or competitive bidding process. The process is used to ensure the buyer receives goods or services or works at the best possible price when aspects such as quality, quantity and time and location are compared together. Then we have haggling. Now haggling is bargaining or haggling. It's a type of negotiation in which the buyer and the seller of a goods or service debate the price and exact nature of the transaction. And if the bargaining procedures, um, if they if they go through and agree on terms, then the transaction will take place. And, you know, we don't really do haggling in the UK so much, do we? But you'll see this, you know, when you go and travel abroad, especially in the Caribbean, lots of people out there haggling all the time over price. And then we've got bartering. Now, bartering is a system of exchange where goods or services are directly exchanged for other goods or services without using a medium of exchange such as money. And it's distinguishable from um, gift economies in many ways. One of them is that the um, reciprocal exchange is immediate and not delayed in time. So there are many forms of buying and selling. So we've got haggling, bartering, procuring and negotiation. All negotiations involve transfer of value to the other party and whether that's time, money or energy, systems, processes, pleasure perhaps or emotions or intellect or maybe even IP which is perhaps sometimes considered as money. So Good negotiation is good communications with results. Let me say that again. Good negotiation is good communications with results. And that's come from Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I don't know if you've read Chris Voss's book. So first of all, we need to seek to understand and then be understood. So we need to seek first to understand and then be understood. So communication is the most important skill that we have in life. You spend years learning how to read and write and years learning how to speak. But what's about listening? Now, when we're kids, you know, mum and dad teach us all day long, don't they, to tell us how to walk and talk. And then they tell us to sit down and shut up when we get older. There's a bit of an irony there. But whoever teaches us about listening... 
And what training have you had that enables you to listen so you really deeply understand another human being? I guess you probably haven't had any. I know I certainly haven't. And if you're like most people, you probably seek first to be understood. You want to get your point across. And in doing so, you might ignore the other person completely. And I think we can all relate to that. Let's go back to your last networking meeting and you're stood there and try and remember, were you listening to the person? Were you pretending to listen? Or were you just talking about yourself? So there's listening and there's pretending to listen and both are very, very different. So what we need to do is we need to learn to listen and we need to listen with our heart because not most people will do that. Most people will listen with the intent of replying rather than with the intent of understanding. Really interesting, isn't it? And we get two ears, you know, and we say we've got two ears and one mouth. So let's listen to what other people are trying to say to us. Let's understand what it is that they are saying rather than having something ready in the back of your mind to come out as a, um, a regurgitated comment based on the back of what they've told you. So there is no such thing as no communication. You know, we have things called no update updates. What does that mean? Well, it's okay to tell people that you're no further forwards when you're working on a transaction. Um, you know, you might be delayed in something, but what we need to do is communicate with the other person in order to tell them that we're still there. Um, you know, remember that um, where we are with the deal, it's okay. We're, you know, don't worry. We haven't forgotten about you and we will be back in touch with you at some time in the future. Now, some people will call those holding uh, messages or holding emails. But for us, we call those a no update update almost. It's really important that we remain open with the communication when we're, we are negotiating on a deal or negotiating on a transaction. Because if you go quiet... They might be really confused about where you are or maybe they think that the deal has fallen down or something similar. So listening, 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 communication, it's massive. So let's talk about a few listening skills. Well, listening is the cheapest concession that you can make and it demonstrates sincerity. And, you know, it's the most active activity that you can do. And it's not passive, is it? It's definitely not passive. You've got to concentrate in order to listen properly. And research shows that when people are listened to, they generally listen to themselves more and they can open up as well. And I know I had a conversation with somebody last week and they said that they recently went to a dinner party and they sat down and they just listened to the person next to them all night. The person next to them was talking all night long and uh, they was talking at them and they just listened. And at the end of the dinner party, that person that was talking got up and went to the host and said, what amazing company the person that was sat next to them was. And they didn't even open their mouth, but all they did was they listened and they, you know, they just made that person feel empowered made them feel important just by listening. So, you know, listened people will often become less defensive as well and more willing to opposite views. So if you, I mean, I know that certainly from my, you know, going back into my history in the police, when you go to an incident, certainly if it's um, an incident that's potentially going to uh, escalate and, um, you know, sort of um, emotions are high, etc. If you listen to the person and actively 
make them aware that you are taking in what they are saying to you, then most often, not always, but most often, the situation will start to calm down very, very quickly because listened people become less defensive. Um, and it's true, you know, I mean, I know that I can speak from my own experience in the police. If you're going to a violent domestic, for example, and you listen to people and they feel listened to, then they will become less defensive. Um, so you need to listen on steroids, you know, you need to become the master. And if you can listen really well, then you can influence your audience um, just from being there and being, you know, sort of being there and listening to them. Um, but you need to show them empathy. You know, when you show deep empathy towards another person, then their defensive energy goes down. We just spoke about that. And their positive energy then replaces it. And that's when you can get more creative in solving other people's problems. Isn't that interesting? When you start to develop your powers of empathy and imagination, the whole world opens up to you. And that's a quote from Susan Sarandon. You know, let me go through that again. When you start to develop your powers of empathy and imagination, the whole world opens up to you. Hmm, that's really interesting. And the great gift of human beings is that we have the power of empathy. And that's another quote from Meryl Streep. So let's do some observation side of, of negotiating. So um, let's observe how other people negotiate. Who are the best people at this? Well, let's have a look at maybe your family, your closest relatives. Maybe if you've got children, your wife, all of your friends around you, because they all negotiate pretty much all of the time. So become an observer. Kids are, kids are great at negotiating, aren't they? You know, and as children, we hear the word no apparently over 400 times a day. Wow. <laughs> 400 no's a day. And I think as, you know, as we grow up, we've learned to ignore the no's and negotiate our way around them. And kids are absolutely fantastic with that. You'll know if you've got children in your family, you know, mom, dad, can I have this? No. Mm. Well, if I do it this way, can I have this? No. Hmm. Well, how about if I, hang, if I do it tomorrow, can I have this? No. And it goes on, doesn't it? And it just, you know, it just turns into eventually when kids generally get what they want all through negotiations. So the brain doesn't process a negative um, don't. So if I say to you now, don't think of a beach. Hmm. What are you thinking about? Because the brain doesn't process the negative don't. And if we say to the kids, you know, don't do this, then it's in the forefront of their mind. And it's really important to be careful that we create the right image in your prospect's mind, the person that you're negotiating with. So we've got some Jedi mind tricks that we use when we talk about deal negotiation. So the first of all is let's slow it down. If you're in a hurry and it can make people feel unheard and undermining their trust and, you know, potentially they could maybe not, you know, um, want to go into business with you if you're just going too fast. So slow it down, slow it right down and make sure that, you know, you are open, you're listening and you're there and you're in the room. A slow process equals slow, calm negotiations. And slow-paced negotiations also builds rapport with other people. Now, there's something called mirroring. 
you may have heard it, mirroring. So mirroring is um, when you physically mirror the body language of the person that you're negotiating. So if you're, you have to obviously be in the room for this. If you're on the phone, it's going to be hard for you to do that. Um, but if you're in the room with them, mirror their body language, look them in the eye, smile, build their trust and build their confidence. So if they, you know, if, if they're looking and, and they're being expressive with their hands and mirror that behavior back, be expressive with your hands as well. Now, you can use the next bit on a phone call. You can mirror their words. So use the words that they use, you know, empower them, because if you do that, then automatically you're building that rapport. You know, for example, if they say my house or my home or my place, then repeat that to them. Say, okay, well, where is your place? Or where is your home? Or how can I help you with your place? And how can I help you with your home? So we like people that are similar to us, don't we? Because that's the way of the world, you know? If we think we're gonna get on with somebody and we think that we've got things in common, then we like people that are going to be the same. So these techniques, really build trust and subconsciously it tells the world if you like that we are all alike so mirroring physical mirror their body language mirror the words and the terminologies that they use and the other aspect is as well um be happy <laughs> so when you're negotiating make sure that you look approachable if you've got three people in a room, or maybe if, let's say, for example, we use this as um, a scenario, you go for a board interview, and you've got three people sat in front of you, and you've got two people on either side that are scowling, and they look really unapproachable, but then you've got a nice person in the middle that looks warm and friendly and happy, they're looking at you in the eye and they're smiling, then you're going to resonate with that person. And I use that, you know, maybe when you're out networking, be that person that looks approachable. Be that person that people will be happy to walk over to you and start up a conversation. Yeah. So smile, practice smiling at people in the street and watch how they smile back because they will. I can guarantee it. Try this, folks. Next time you go out after, I mean, maybe you're out now or if you're in the gym now listening to this or if you're driving in your car and you're stuck in traffic, turn to somebody that you don't know and just smile at them and see what happens because I can guarantee that they are going to smile back. Yeah. So the feel good neurotransmitters, which are dopamine and endorphins um, and serotonin, you know, they're all released when a smile flashes across your face. So it makes you feel good. So not only does it relax you in your body, it actually can lower your heart rate and your blood pressure as well. Wow, yeah? So chill out, smile. I'm smiling now. I don't know if it's coming across, making me feel great because I'm talking to you about smiling. And I think very often it's easy for us to be scowly and you know frowning all the time. So have a little experiment, folks. No matter where you are now listening to this podcast, turn to somebody and just give them the biggest belting smile that you've done in ages and see what happens. Okay. So the next thing about negotiating is um, voice. Now, we've kind of got three tones of voice. And tone is one of the easiest to influence. 
And, you know, I know that being in the police service, again, you talk to people and it really does matter on how you talk to somebody, um, you know, because it can put them in a ready to play or a ready to fight mode. And it really does happen like that. So you can imagine if you go straight into um, talking to somebody and, or, and you're very abrupt and, well, I don't believe in that or I don't care or not in my experience or, you know, things like that. All the things that you kind of see on the social media platforms or the negativity. Well, I don't think that's possible. Well, I think that's rubbish. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from. That's going to put people on the back foot straight away. So... You know, we want to talk to people in the right way, in the way that people would, um, or way you would expect to be spoken to. So we've kind of put this into three categories. We've got the late night DJ voice. You know, we sort of, I, I'm not going to do it. I can't do a late night DJ voice, but uh, you, you know what I mean? It's nice and soft. It kind of says that I'm in control. I've got it covered. Nice and soothing, nice and relaxed to listen to. So, you know, the late night DJ. Hi, my name's Rick Gannon and welcome to my late night DJ voice. <laughs> Is that any good? I don't know. And then we've got the like the playful voice. And that's kind of how I'm talking to you now. Um, and we use this mostly when we talk about negotiations, don't we? Because we get really excited and really passionate. And we're saying, yeah, okay, that's great. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I really want to do it. How can we meet? What's, in, what's your, your email address? Where do you live? And when can we meet? And, you know, kind of playfully, which is really how I'm addressing you right now. And then we've got the, the direct but assertive. And this kind of signals dominance. So direct and assertive. So I tell you what I'd like to do. I would like to meet you tomorrow at 3pm. And then I think it would be a great day for us to discuss how we can perhaps move forward with this deal. There you go. That's just an example. That's very direct, isn't it? And very assertive. But you've got to be really careful with that approach because it can trigger passive aggressiveness or it can actually, you know, put people away from you straight away. How would you feel? So I'm going to give you a scenario now. So, hi, I'm Rick and I'm really interested in the deal that you just spoke about and I would absolutely love to hear more about it. How about we hook up for a coffee? Or, hi, great, I really, really love the way that you just did your 20-second pitch and you mentioned that you've got some deals that you're working on at the moment with a great return. Ah, you know, I'm looking for deals and I'm really excited. Can we maybe hook up, get a coffee and talk about it more? Or, okay, I just spoke um, to somebody and they said that you've got deals and I'm looking for deals. So let's meet for coffee um, and let's do some business. <laughs> there you go. So those are the three types. So a late night DJ, positive, playful and directly assertive. All right. So those are kind of the way that, you know, we do things when we talk about our negotiations and, and you know, how we empower other people to, um, to get the negotiation over the table. And then we've got the power of no. Now, this is like, you know, kind of um, the power of no. If it, I don't know if you've ever read a book called Go For No. If you haven't, read it. And it really empowers that we should be going for no's because no tells you more about what would make the deal work, if you understand what I mean. What do I mean? Well, if they say no, then it might mean lots of different reasons that they are saying no. So if you're negotiating with a vendor directly, they say no. It could mean that perhaps they need more money. 
maybe it's that they're not ready just yet to agree or they don't understand the um, the agreement they don't understand the offer that you're giving to them maybe that they want something else on top maybe they need more information maybe they need to talk it over with a partner or a spouse maybe um you know they they just aren't on board with it right now because it's not in the right time for them or maybe they're just busy right now in the moment so Think about your prospects and think about what no means. I mean, you know, if they say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Okay, what is it that you're not interested in? What is it that I can do to help you? Maybe ask a question. If I can answer all of your your queries and your questions, would you then be happy to move forwards and maybe do a deal? So lots of empowering things there. But, you know, no doesn't always mean no. It means that they there's something. I mean, if you're dealing directly with a vendor and they've approached you, then they are interested in doing something because they've already approached you. And if it comes to the point where they say no, we need to find out why they're saying no. OK, so those are my top tips, folks, for how you can negotiate using your ears, your mouth and your body language. Hope you found that useful. We'd love for you to give us a review. You don't have to write it, folks. You can just hit that five star button on your uh, on your phone or whatever you're using to listen to this podcast. It would really help us move forward, really encourages us to give you more content like this. Hope you found that useful. Thanks for listening, folks. Have an awesome day.